France has ended Morocco's dream run at the FIFA Football World Cup and the French will now defend their title against Argentina on Monday morning. Portia Woodman tells us about her doubts over whether New Zealand fans would turn out for the Rugby World Cup and caddy extraordinaire Steve Williams who's carried the bag for Tiger Woods, Adam Scott and Greg Norman shares his thoughts on Live Golf versus the PGA Tour and a star-studded Speedway fundraising event in Rotorua. And cats and rugby, we find out more. Kia ora Aotearoa, I'm Zoe George and this is The Podium. Sports news, but not as you know it, from Stuff. Well, it's almost on us after nearly a month of contests between 32 teams and more than 60 games. The final on Monday morning New Zealand time is tantalisingly close. But what will the winning team need to be victorious? Here are the thoughts of a couple of our experts, former football fan Rebecca Soden and former Phoenix and top British player Paul Eiffel. The ones who are going to come out on top are the players and the team who can go out there and remain cool, calm and collective, take the pressure of the nation, the world watching, billions of people wanting to see what they can do. We know there's been other players and teams out there who have outperformed others but haven't gone through because they haven't taken that penalty kick or those goal-scoring opportunities when they've been presented them. So the players who can withstand the pressure the most, stay focused, go out and play how they know they can and take those opportunities when they get them. With a bit of luck, that will get them out on top. It's been a hell of a journey to get here, but the, the two teams that are left in it have both got amazing opportunities um for me um i'm hopeful that that messi can can get across the line and, and, and lift the trophy but obviously um there's two teams in this one it's going to take passion it's going to take concentration and i think for me the team that can uh, can stay focused and not just play the occasion really just play the game that's in front of them is going to end up the winner here um, i'm looking forward to a to a good one i hope there's uh, there's plenty of flair uh, plenty of goal-scoring opportunities uh, and plenty of goals. Uh, and hopefully it's, it's one that we all remember fondly. France won emphatically Thursday morning New Zealand time and there's probably only one player in New Zealand with an idea of how tough the French team will be. Phoenix player Bojadir Krajev came up against them last year when playing for his national Bulgarian team. France is a fantastic team. Kylian Mbappé, probably the best player in the world right now. Unstoppable, I think. I, I remember especially him that you you close him one side he go the other side very fast you can't stop him and um, they win the World Cup the last World Cup so they have the confidence and the momentum. Stuff sports journalist Phil Rollo has been covering all the FIFA football action. Hello, Phil. Hi. Need a cup of tea and a lie down? A couple more days to go. I know, so many early starts. One more day to go on Monday. Everyone is billing this as an Mbappe, Messi battle. France, Argentina. Is it going to be really? And who will be the other game makers for the final? Yeah, to be honest, this is like the dream final, I would say. Um, you know, I guess going into the tournament, a lot of people would say Messi and Ronaldo were the two best players of the, in the world. I think Kylian Mbappe from France has shown that he's right up there alongside Lionel Messi now as the the second best player in the world. Cristiano Ronaldo, he's had a pretty tough World Cup. Um, yeah, so I think this is the, the perfect final. You've got the two best players in the world going head-to-head. Um, yeah, I think where this could be decided or, um, you know, it's, it's not just going to be those two players. It's sort of like the support cast around them. And that's almost been Argentina's downfall for so much of Messi's career as he hasn't had... a goalkeeper or 
the defence to sort of back him up. Where now Argentina have a, a pretty good, pretty well-rounded squad. Um, we saw in their semi-final win, it was a young striker, um, Julian Alvarez, who plays for Manchester City, who scored a couple of the goals. He's been one of the breakout stars of the World Cup. Didn't start in their first few games, um, but it's really come on. Um, and France have got some great players around, Mbappe as well. Um, yeah, particularly up front with um, Olivier Giroud, veteran striker, um, and Antoine Griezmann, who's been one of the best midfielders of, of the tournament as well. So, yeah, two two great squads going head to head, and it's going to be a tough one to pick. And and I say, I think that this is probably the dream final. Team styles? Do they play different sorts of games? I think both teams do sort of rely a wee bit on the sort of the magic moments of their best players, you know, which might be contradicting what I'm saying with, um, you know, the support cast around them. But, you know, Mbappe is just so fast, so he'll look to get down the wing. Um, it's going to really put a lot of pressure on the, the Argentina fullbacks where it's sort of Messi's, you know, he can just pull a pass out of nowhere, just create a, a sort of any particular sort of moment he can break the game open. So, um yeah, I think France will, will look to use the speed of Mbappe for sure. And, um, you know, Messi, he'll look to, to be the one setting up the players around him, I think. All right. What's your prediction? Oh, this is a tough one. So you've got, I think I sat here last week and said, um, you know, Brazil might make the final and obviously they haven't. Um, I would love to see Argentina win. I think a lot of people will say that too. This is probably going to be Messi's last World Cup, his last chance to win to win a World Cup. So I'm going to say Argentina 2-1, and I think the way Messi's going, like he's had such an incredible tournament, I think he's just going to carry that through to the final. Messi's chance. And closer to home, there's been some drama in the A-League. What's going on? Yeah, it's been a pretty mad week for football in Australia, and I guess New Zealand as well with the the Phoenix. Um, the A-League have decided to sell the final, the grand final, to Sydney for the next three years, and it's a reported eight-figure um, deal. Um Traditionally, the top qualifier in the A-League gets to host a final, but for the next three years, it's going to be guaranteed to be in Sydney. That's regardless of whether the final was Perth versus Brisbane, whether it's Brisbane versus Wellington. And where that's caused a lot of outrage is all the fans, like the whole point of, you know, you want your team to finish top so you can attend a, a final in, in your hometown. Um, and Wellington, have, although they've never had a final... They've never been in a final. They never hosted one. Imagine if they finished top and they had to play in Sydney and any Phoenix fan that wanted to go to the game would have to fork out international flights to to go to Sydney. Um, the, the announcement hasn't gone down well. A lot of uh, fan groups from across the A-League are protesting the, the decision and at, at the games this weekend a lot of the fans are going to walk out after 20 minutes Alright, well I hope you get a cup of tea and a lie down before the final of the FIFA Football World Cup, we'll be talking to you straight after it Monday morning And news out of the Black Caps on Thursday morning. Kane Williamson has stepped down as Test Captain, uh, cricket writer for Stuff. Andrew Vorman joins us now. Kia ora, Andrew. Was this out of the blue? Uh, completely out of the blue. I think if there was speculation around Kane stepping down as captain, it was probably going to be in the 2020 format. So to see him step away from the test captaincy was quite the surprise. Why? Why is he stepping down now? Um, well, we don't quite know yet. I think, you know, it's pretty clear that he's been going through some struggles form-wise um, ever since he came back from an elbow injury earlier this year. Um, perhaps he thinks that the best way to free himself up as a batsman is to 
is to take a step back from the captaincy to, you know, just be able to focus on batting rather than batting and leading the side. Um, he is also 32. He's getting on a bit. He's probably looking to try and reduce the burden on himself as he heads into the, the final stages of his career. And so who's replaced him? Tim Salvey? Yes, Tim Salvey. I think most people would have expected Tom Latham to get the gig. He's normally been Kane's deputy when Kane's had to mismatches, but they've gone with Tim Salvey, who's no spring chicken himself. So it's going to be an interesting little period to see how he can put his stamp on the side. And it was a washout for the White Ferns last night. They've got one more game against Bangladesh this week. Yes, they're playing um, in Hamilton on Saturday, but unfortunately the forecast there is for rain as well. So fingers crossed it's wrong and they can get a game in. The Black Ferns victory tour of New Zealand ends this Sunday in Auckland. Thousands have turned out around the country to celebrate the team's amazing performance in capturing the Rugby World Cup. I caught up with Napuhi star Portia Woodman when she was in Wellington for a parliamentary reception. From last year where we went to England and France, like they weren't big stadiums but they were sold out. They were loud, they were very out there and they loved it. So the thought of coming home and was, to be honest, I didn't have a lot of faith in Aotearoa. But to know that they turned up from that first game right through to that last game, honestly, it was incredible. And I think without even winning the medal, without winning Nancy and all of that, I thought that would have been the absolute highlight of my career, um, knowing that so many people had supported our girls throughout the whole tournament. It was so phenomenal. Why didn't you think that the crowd would show up? I think because in the past we just haven't had that. But no, look... It, for them to, we sold out the first one of 42,000, you know, that first game against Australia and I think it was a really epic um, game. I think it helped having the game against Japan the weekend before. We had a really awesome turnout then, so I think it was just nice to know that Aotearoa were there to back us. How's the head? So you had that awful head knock. Um, are you okay? Yeah, I'm back into training. Not a lot, not too serious, not too hard out. We're still on holiday, so yeah. <laughs> I still want to have a little bit of a break, but... We start with sevens on the 4th of Jan, so I want to make sure that by the time I get there, I'm back into full running. So I'm back training just slowly. So back into the sevens, not rugby opicky? No, no. I'm con I'm contracted back with the sevens next year, which is a little bit sad that they conflict and we won't be able to do the both of them. But, um, you know, I'll look, for, look forward to getting into sevens again next year. Uh, so does that mean you'll get to play at the final sevens in Hamilton? Well, that's the plan, you know. Like, hopefully I'll get to go to Hamilton in Sydney. But, yes, that's a very sad point that we won't be having that again. You know, New Zealand, we always put on such show and I think off the back of a World Cup at home with such a turnout for all the games you'd think we'd want to play you know play off the back of that but I think we'll just have to make this a really awesome one this time. 100% okay inside word who's going to be the next Black Ferns coach? <laughs> oh money on would be great Alan Bunting. Now for a special treat for the podium. Our next guest is arguably one of the most successful sportsmen, renowned Kiwi caddy Steve Williams. Kia ora, Steve. Welcome to the podium. You are swapping drivers for driving this week, focusing on your other super passion, Speedway. So what's going on? But yeah, this weekend uh, at Paradise Valley Speedway in Rotorua on Friday and Saturday night, um, we're holding the Valvoline uh, Superstock Invitational and part of that event also has a celebrity side to it. We've got 11 motorsport celebrities from throughout the country and different sorts of uh, racing. It's all in the name of charity for the Royal McDonald House and Starship Hospital. Okay, so other than you being a super celebrity, who else is going to be behind the wheel on Friday night? Okay, so we've got the, the motorcycle racer, Avalon Biddle. People will be familiar with her name. She's the uh, top female motorcyclist in New Zealand. We've got Simon Evans, Andre Heimgartner out of the 
V8 series in Australia, Lance Hughes, Darren Kelly, Greg Murphy, Richie Stanaway, those guys paired up at Bathurst this year, Mad Mike Whittett, the drifter, uh, Fanger Dang, his name is, Daniel Woodhouse, another famous drifter, and Chris Vanderdrift, along with um, Brendan Hartley, our most recent Formula One competitor. So those guys are all going to get behind the wheel of a super stock uh, and, and they're going to practice on Friday night. We give them free practice races on Friday night and then on Saturday night they're going to race together um, uh, in, in super stocks. So none of them have driven super stocks before. They're all obviously motorsport uh, experts in their own field. So, yeah, they're all excited about it. One of the other things that I was thinking about today when uh, I heard that I was going to get to chat to you was I got to see you in action 21 years ago at Paraparaumu Beach when I was, uh, this tells you how young I am, but I was a teenager. Yeah, that was a uh, pretty special moment there to have the, you know, arguably he was the best golfer in the world at the time. And, and, and you know, he was arguably one of the greatest sports people to ever play uh, in any kind of sport. So, you know, to have the opportunity to have him compete in New Zealand at my home course where I grew up at Paraparamu Beach uh, was pretty exciting. And certainly it's uh, something I'll never forget. Um, you, know, you have a lot of special moments in caddying, but the, the day when Tiger, we both got to Paraparaumu, we went and played nine holes practice on the Tuesday afternoon when I stood on that 10th tee. I, I think I, f- I shed a few tears. I was so uh, sort of, you know, proud of the moment, I guess you could say. It was pretty special. Yeah, Paraparaumu represent. That's my hometown as well. And it's such a beautiful course. Um, it kind of makes me chuckle a little bit, though, because, you know, we saw you caddying then and, and then you kind of moved across to Adam Scott and then you go, oh, yeah, I think I might hang up my bag for a bit. But now you're back. So what are you doing next year? Adam and I have sort of been going back and forth uh, over this past year about the possibility of teaming up again in 2023. Adam feels like his game's coming back round, he felt like he suffered, his game suffered quite a bit in COVID with the stop starting uh, process and that. So he, he feels his game's um, in pretty good shape right now. And yeah, of course he's 42 years old now, not getting any younger. And it's pretty hard competing against all these young guys when you get into your forties on the PJ tour. But anyway, he feels like he, he could be in for a good year next year. And he'd like me to be part of that or help him be part of that. So I've agreed to do um, 10, tournaments that he's going to play in next year on the PGA Tour. He's, so not caddying full-time, but I'll, he has his caddy, his regular caddy, he, he's fine with the deal. So he'll do 10 tournaments and I'll do 10 tournaments. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting to go back. And, you know, I love going to Augusta, obviously, and that's one of the ones I'll caddy. So that's kind of got a special place in my heart. And then the, the Open Championship is at Hoy Lake. And, you know, the last time they played at the Hoy Lake, Tiger won there. So the, I, I have fond memories of that. So I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, well, Augusta's always a fabulous spot um, and we'll spy Kiwi Ryan Fox there as well. I hear that you've been giving him some possible tips so that you're going to be meeting with him before the Masters to kind of give him some top tips. Yeah, I mean, Ryan's going to make his debut at Augusta next year and it's every pro's dream to, you know, drive down Magnolia Lane and very few people have done well there on their first visit there. There's probably more local knowledge. Uh, it's all going to be hard to do well there on your first time there. So um, it's pretty fortunate that I'm actually going to be going there next year and uh, I'll sit down with Ryan and his caddy, Dean, and, you know, just sort of point out, like, you know, this is, how, this is some of the things they do there, some of the things to look for, and particularly, you know, 
This is the, the whole locations, what we call the pin locations. They're generally pretty much the same all the time. They have four sort of whole locations they use. They might change the order of the day they use them, but just the things that, okay, when the hole's located here, you just absolutely cannot hit it here and so forth. And that, just let them know a little bit about the course. It just makes it, you know, you can't get all their experience uh, in one week there. I mean, I've carried there 30 years, so... Um, yeah, it'll be great to have Ryan there, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that Ryan and Adam will probably play a practice round together. I'll organise that, and um, yeah, we'll have some fun. Okay, big question. You ready for it? All right. PGA or Live Golf? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, it's a very big debate, that, obviously. I mean, I, I'm counting about him next year in 10 talks. He's playing on the PGA Tour, but... Um, it's very hard to give any comment about the live tour when you, uh, until you actually would be on the live tour. Everything is speculation. Everything is what you read. But, um, you know, I think there's a place for both of them. Um, competition is great in sport. And, you know, for those players that want to play on the live tour, uh, that's great. And for those who choose to PGA tour, it's great. But the players that I spoke to in Australia over the last couple of weeks when I carried there, uh, Mark Leishman, Wade Ormsby, Matt Jones, who are all playing on the Live Tour and part of that Australian team, they absolutely love it. They love the team format. They love the competition. Um, so, yeah, it's all good. I mean, it, there's a lot of debate about it, and, and obviously you understand where the debate comes from. But at the end of the day, competition is good for sport. So, um, you know, it'll sort it all sort itself out, and we'll probably have two very good golf tours. Mm. I mean, do you think that players and caddies should be able to switch between the two? Um, well, no, I think it, it, they're separate tours, and you know, I, if that, 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 that's a great debate, but it's probably um, you know they're, they're separate tours, and they have sep separate rules, and, and, and they go about things differently. So at this stage, I, I think you know the PJ tour should keep what they're doing, and I think the Live tour should keep what they're doing, and you know, down the road, see what happens. Amazing, and will we see you on the fairways at Parapara Umu Beach anytime soon? Oh, I hope to have a game there at Christmas to take my wife and son on and see who's the best. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I might see you there because that's where I'll be. Hey, producer Jono. Hello, Zoe. It's nearly Christmas. Woo! Uh, and what's this? That you have a fluffy cat story that is sports related for me. You know me. I always bring the hardest hitting angles to the table when we're doing a podium record. But it seems like there is a glut of small, very cute black kittens in Rotorua. And the local SPCA, they've got them all up for adoption online. And they've got Ruby Tui, they've got Ruahe, they've got Bowden, they've got Geordie, they've got They've got Sam Kane, super cute little black kittens, all named after New Zealand rugby stars. It is just awesome. My one complaint is that the Ruby Tui one doesn't have a red streak, which I think is slightly false advertising. <laughs> I mean, it would be a perfect addition for Christmas, maybe. Well, I mean, kittens aren't just for Christmas, they're for life. So I'd, I would never advocate someone getting a kitten for Christmas. But if you're in Rotorua and you want a, to get a new cat, then th these ones, they're very, very cute. They could definitely be the way to go. Yeah, I, Ruby Tui from all accounts. I was reading their bios. She's quite quick, hard to catch. <laughs> yes, which seems on brand. So I'm here for it. So on brand. I think I might have to give them a ring. I'd really like to uh, catch up with Ruby Tui, actually. <laughs> and that's the podium. I'm Zoe George, and on behalf of our guests this week, producer John O'Williams and Philip Patoli, and audio editor Connor Scott, thanks for listening. You can get in touch with us now. Email thepodium at stuff.co.nz. What do you make of the A League stuff or the fact that Kane Williamson's just resigned? We'll see you on Monday for all the Football World Cup action. Until then, Namihi, go well. 
I think you're conflating a whole bunch of issues. You don't want to be held to account well, no, on I, what, rising child no, abuse numbers. You can manipulate crime statistics. I, I promised I wouldn't have a tattoo about gotcha journalism. Hang into the National Party's no, attack line there. That, that, I think that, it would be a resignation offence if I didn't deliver tax reduction. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're, I'm not worried about it at all. Nothing if in there. That sits with you perfectly fine. That's what, we're, that's what we're focused on. Whatever happens in politics, the weird, the wonderful, the important, the thought-provoking, we got you. Listen to Tova wherever you get your podcasts.